We are joined right now by the 2011 Heisman Trophy winner. He was selected with the second pick overall in 2012 by Washington. Of course, he played his college ball at Baylor. He was the 2012 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was a Pro Bowler that year as well. He is an ESPN College Football Game Analyst. He's an NFL Analyst from Monday Night Countdown. He appears today courtesy of Heisman Trophy Trusts. More than a trophy campaign, I'm talking about RG3, Robert Griffin III. Robert, really appreciate you being patient, working through it. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, Jim. How about yourself? I am great, and I do appreciate you playing through that. Thanks so much. Hey, listen, you're versatile enough that we could take this conversation in any direction at all, but before we talk about the Heisman, can I get your thoughts on the NFL, and in particular, Zach Wilson? The Jets just now did announce that he's going to start this weekend. I'm curious, what did you make of that report that he might be apprehensive about playing for fear of getting hurt? Is he right to feel that way, or did the Jets do him dirty by leaking that information? Yeah, Jim, I mean, whoever leaked that information is just trying to do Zach Wilson dirty uh, once again. I feel like when he was benched, the reason they benched him wasn't because they knew they had better quarterback play in the weight. They knew that he was the best quarterback on the team. They just felt like they had to do something because they had been so bad offensively. But if you watch the tape, you could see that Zach Wilson was not the problem or not the main problem with the Jets on offense. It's their offensive line, their ability to protect. They can't run the football, so they're putting more pressure on him. But when you saw Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon go out there, now all of a sudden they're acting like the, the girlfriend who, who left the wrong guy. And now they're trying to come back and say, oh, no, we need you, we need you. So I think it's hilarious that they're going back to Zach Wilson now uh, because we knew that they probably shouldn't have moved on from him anyway with who they had behind him. But, no, I agree with Aaron Rodgers. They're doing Zach Wilson dirty by leaking that information, and it shouldn't even be a conversation unless that person that leaked the information is willing to put their name uh, on the line to say that with their chest as opposed to doing it in a weaselly fashion through sources. RG3 joining us. He's appearing courtesy of Heisman Trophy Trust, more than a trophy campaign. That's, that ceremony is going to be this weekend. We will get into that. Robert, what do you make of the Niners carving the Eagles the way they did in San Francisco? Does that mean right now it's San Francisco and everybody else? Uh, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, when they're healthy, they're, they're the most team in NFL. Uh, I think that's been proven. Uh, the Eagles are 10-2, and two, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the sky is falling. What they need to do is, after that butt whooping to the Niners, they need to go look in the mirror and get back to doing what they normally do, which is run the football and win at the point of, of it was 14-6. to six. They had 25 drop-back passes and seven rushes from a running back. That is not Philadelphia Eagles' offense. They need to get back to running the football, and then they can utilize the play action with their two number one wide receivers that they had. And, and I think they're also missing, uh, and they have missed, the production from Dallas Goddard um, over the past few weeks. Um, you know, that offense is still a dynamic one. They just ran into a buzzsaw in the 49ers who have what feels like 25 all-pros. You know, they got the Avengers on offense with, with CMC, Debo, Trent Williams at left tackle. You got Ayuk out there. You got Juszczyk, the fullback. So I just think the – and I don't want to not mention Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy's a big part of it as well. He's not just a passenger. He's actually driving the car. And they're, the way that they attack defenses offensively with formations and motion uh, and Brock Purdy's decision-making makes them very lethal when they have a top five defense on the other side playing like a top-five defense. So I think it was just a case of two great teams playing each other and one team 
being who they are, knowing who they are, and dictating it to the Eagles how they were going to take it. RG3 joining us. I'm glad you mentioned Purdy. You kind of answered it, but let me ask you a different way. You watch him, and obviously he's in a great system. We know this. He's got great guys around him. We know that. Let me ask you this. Just because he's in a great system doesn't mean that every quarterback can run that system the way he does. So is he a system quarterback, or in your opinion, is he an elite NFL quarterback? No, I think the first we have to attack the notion of what is a system quarterback. Um, is Tom Brady a system quarterback? I would say, yes, he's a system quarterback because the system that he ran for 20-plus years in the NFL was very successful. I would say, is Aaron Rodgers a system quarterback? Yes, because the system that he runs is very successful, and he brought that system with him from Green Bay to New York. Is 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 Peyton Manning a system quarterback? Yes, the system that he ran in Indy was extremely successful, and he brought that with him to Denver. So when you hear people say system quarterback, a lot of times we think, oh, they can't survive without that system. And I just mentioned to you three of the greatest to ever play this game who brought their system with them everywhere that they went. There's a reason for that. So we can throw the system quarterback conversation out the window if the greats in the game were system quarterbacks. For Brock Purdy, the the real answer to this is what do great or elite quarterbacks do? They make great decisions. They get the guys involved like a point guard. They don't turn the football over, and they give you a chance to win. That's what the great quarterbacks do, and Brock Purdy's doing all of those things. So is he one of the greatest of all time? No. Is he playing – is he a top-five quarterback right now in the NFL the way that he's playing this year? Yes, he is, and all his numbers support that. People need to just get over that right now. It's okay. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. He fell into a gold mine with the guys that are around him, but I'm not going to punish him for that. We shouldn't punish him for that. He is making the most of his opportunity, and he's getting those guys involved, and he's playing the position at a very high level. RG3 joining us. All right, so let's talk some college football really quickly. For those, you've been pretty vocal about this, but for those who do not know or haven't seen it, did the College Football Selection Committee get it right, or did Florida State get screwed? Where do you come out? Yeah, I mean, the College Football Selection Committee did not get it right. I was not going to shy away from that. Um, they Not only did Florida State get screwed, but you could make the argument that Georgia got screwed as well. Georgia was number one in the rankings for the past three weeks. They lost to the eighth-ranked team, and they got bumped all the way to six. Florida State being at five is a travesty because they're a Power Five undefeated conference champion. So when you're Greg Sankey and you're the commissioner of the SEC and you say one of these things is not like the other – Well, the fact of the matter is that ACC champion didn't lose a game all year. So we, as a media landscape, I don't think it's our job to excuse the behavior of the committee or of anything that happened of the teams that were selected because even though college football is big business and it is about money, what teams get into the college football playoffs should not be about that. It should not be about what conference they're from. You play the games. The games actually matter. Otherwise, you might as well just fast forward to the end of the year, not play the games, and just say, you know what, I think these are the four biggest brands or the four biggest brands that we can justify putting in. Let's just put them in. That's not what college football is supposed to be about. That's completely disingenuous to the fans, the coaches, the players, and everybody that loves the sport. So that's why I think the college football playoff committee got it wrong. But I've been even more upset with the excuses that are being made because we can agree to disagree and have different opinions, but don't sit here and and pee on me or pee on Florida state or pee on Georgia and tell them it's just raining and that you feel sorry for them that they don't have an umbrella. What's going on right now and what happened is completely wrong. RG three joining us. I love that. 
Don't take a dump on them and say that you don't have an umbrella. Hey, let me ask you. you the Heisman Trophy ceremony is held Saturday night. I spoke with Ron Day not long ago, Robert, and he was telling me the thing he remembered most about the night he won the Heisman was him being propped up by all the iconic previous winners who attended that ceremony. Take me back. What do you remember most about your Heisman experience in 2011 and everything that surrounded it? Yeah, I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, it was just the fact that I knew going into the weekend that I was going to be going up against, and Baylor was going to be going up against some of the biggest blue blood programs out there. I mean, you're talking about Alabama had Trent Richardson, LSU had Tyron Matthew, uh, Wisconsin at the time, massive big-time team, had uh, Monty Ball at running back, and then Stanford, one of the most prestigious universities that we have in this country, had Andrew Luck. So I kind of went into the weekend thinking to myself, here I am at Baylor, who at the time in previous years people had called little old Baylor, and you're telling me that the the voters are going to vote this guy from Baylor to beat these guys from these teams? I just didn't believe it would happen. Um, My coaches, uh, I I looked at Coach Browse when it happened, uh, before it happened, uh, and going into that weekend, and he said, nah, Griffey, I think you got it. And to hear your name called in a moment with all those great players next to you, with all the legends that were standing on the stage, thinking back to everything that my family had been through, my, my dad, you know, wearing holy socks and having uh, the soles on his shoes falling off just so me and my sisters could have, could have brand new shoes that were seven seasons old. Uh, all those things came to mind uh, when they called my name. And to be able to be a part of that fraternity is truly something that, that I cherish. And I'm glad that I got to experience that with Baylor Nation, uh, a fan base that felt like they had been marginalized, felt like they had been overlooked. And no one could overlook us anymore after that moment. So that's what I remember most. It was about everybody that helped me get there. That's cool. And you're going to welcome a new member to that community, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to join quarterbacks Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. As I mentioned, you're joining us today on behalf of the Heisman Trophy Trust, more than a trophy campaign. What are the details, Robert, and what should people know about the charitable impact of the Heisman? Yeah, I think when you talk about the new guys that have an opportunity to join the fraternity, the fan kind of thinks that the Heisman Trophy Trust only gives out the trophy, and then it is next year, and we'll give it out to a new guy. But that's not really what's going on, because they do more than just hand out that trophy, right? They have a Heisman charitable giving program that has given over $25 million to over 100 charities. We've got the Humanitarian Award that's going to Solomon Thomas this year from the New York Jets defensive lineman for all the things that he's been able to do into the community. We have the high school Heisman program. And really the main message that I want to get out there through the Heisman Trust and for the guys that are going to be the guy that's going to be joining the fraternity is the simple fact that what they're doing in the community is going to also help you do more things in your community. I have my own foundation, uh, the RG3 Foundation, where we attack food uh, insecurity in rural communities and also in inner cities. And the Heisman Trophy Trust has allowed me and helped me do that in a much bigger way. So it's not just about the trophy. It's not just about the guys that are getting the trophy and the fraternity you get to join, but it's also the charitable community that you get to join and give back 
to help people that helps you get there so that they can never feel like they're forgotten. Outstanding information. Robert Griffin III, he's got his Heisman Trophy from 2011 all over the ESPN platform as well. RG3, listen, again, thank you very much for making that happen. I know that we're supposed to do a Zoom call at the bottom of hour number one, and I know you moved some things around. I really appreciate you. Really appreciate that conversation. Thanks so much for making that happen. No problem at all. Appreciate you having me on, Jim. You got it. Be good. RG3, that was a great conversation. I am so glad he made that happen. Good stuff.